Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Um, I was really into doing the podcast today, but then this thing happened at work and I don't know if I want to do that topic or whatever. Um, just, I don't know, the tone changed kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, do you want to like retcon as if you hadn't actually written these notes and we can just pretend that you wrote the notes for a different show? That is a great idea. <laughs> Cue music. Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's topic, we have a message. Where did this come from, Phil? Slack? You know, I don't know. Maybe uh, did I it not came write from it Slack. Well, it, I think it came from Slack because it's from Warden. It's probably from Slack. Anyway, um, today we have a question from um, Warden RPG, Todd Crapper, um, who asked us, not sure if this one's been addressed or not, but I'm curious what you'd recommend when you need to make a significant change in the tone of a game midway through the story. Not because the play has taken it in a different direction, but because a situation in real life where that tone or subplot or even the subject matter has suddenly changed how some or all of the players view or interact with it. Um, it could be because of a major event in the news or something in one of the players' lives that no longer make it fun to take the story in that direction, yet everyone wants to keep playing. It's a good, it's good. I don't think that we have addressed this one, actually. No, it's actually a pretty specific uh, topic because we have talked about tonal shifts like through play and how to like sure. get a game back on track when there's been tonal shifts. But this specific thing about real life impacting the tone of your game and then like what to do, uh, yeah. super cool topic. And yeah. I'll just mention, um, well, we'll get into it when we get into the... Um, into the topic as well. But anyway, it's pretty specific. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this slightly broader than what uh, Todd has asked for, but uh, we will keep in mind Todd's parameters for this, um, for this yes. topic. Yes. Yes. Because I think the first thing we're really going to address is when it, when it happens, right? Yeah. Like, because it, it could happen. Yeah. So let's talk about this, right? Tone changes, right? Tone changes can happen at any time, right? They can happen in a single session. Um, like, so this can absolutely affect one shots, right? Because this can happen in a single session or uh, it can happen during a campaign. Now, the likelihood of a tonal problem, like something happening in real life, affecting the tone of your game, absolutely can, it absolutely is more likely to happen with a campaign because you are playing the same game over and over and over, right? Yeah. If you're playing one shots and something like this happens, you can steer around it pretty easy. You just don't play that one shot. Right. Or you and played that one shot. Then this thing happens. Well, you know, no big yeah. deal because we're not playing that game anymore. Like, right. Woo, we're, you know, we're around the problem. We're past it. Yeah. The likelihood of something coming up mid four hour game slot that suddenly changes how you perceive or interact with the story, the subject matter, the tone mid game during that four hour time slot is reasonably low. Cause you're just four hours of your life, a very small percentage, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, something like really specific would have to happen. Like, Right as you're playing it. Right, right as you're playing the game. And you have to be like checking your phone or whatever to see that thing yes. happen. And it has to be something that would make you not be Want like, oh, God, I need to leave the table. And, yes. But like be like, no, I'm still cool to play, but we have to change the whole topic of the one. It, it would it could happen. It could totally happen. Right. As remote as, as remote as that is, it could, it could happen. happen. And everything that we are going to talk about would actually be applicable in that moment. Yes. Okay. It just seems significantly more likely to happen in a campaign because the time frame is just longer. Right? 100%, which is why for the rest of the episode, we're, we're just going to treat campaigns. this as a campaign, as a campaign yes. issue. Yes. <laughs> cool. All right. I think we probably need an example because what Todd is talking about here let me let me back up and go back into the uh, request. What Todd is talking about here is that something in real life, something has happened in either a person's life, the group's life, or in life in general, right? A, a current event or something that the action of whatever that is, um, whether it has made something too real, 
whether it has made a topic um, uncomfortable or painful, whatever, whatever that real life thing is, it is bleed. It will cause bleed into the game because whatever is happening in the game is mimicking that event. Mm-hmm. Okay. So very specific thing. And again, to be clear, it could happen to one person in the group or it could happen to the whole group and anywhere yeah. in between, right? Yes. Some, all, you know, one, some, or all of the group. Our advice here applies across that continuum. Okay. Yes. We're going to give you an example. Yep. Okay. Uh, and actually, I had to make this example up because at the end of the episode, I've got actually four examples because I thought of one while we were doing the intro. Oh, oh, I have okay. four examples of when real life situations have caused me to not start a game. Yes, but that I you had intended to start. Right. Yes. But I didn't have one about a game I was mid-campaigned into. Yeah. So we made up an example, and I think it's one we'll all be able to relate to. Yeah, probably. So um, we're going to go back in the Wayback Machine mm-hmm. uh, to a uh, more halcyon time of um, early March 2020. Yep. And uh, we have been playing a espionage thriller game, like a Knight's Black Agents or something, but maybe without supernatural elements. Maybe there are supernatural elements. It doesn't matter for this example. We're playing our espionage game and we're in the middle of a campaign arc where we are tracking down uh, a terrorist cell. And I, as the GM, know, and maybe the players know, maybe they don't know yet, but it doesn't matter. This terrorist cell is going to release a pandemic on the world. Yeah. Right? And for the past few weeks, we like have been playing our sessions and the group has been um, collecting clues to find out what's happened and also trying to track down this group and stop it before they release the pandemic. And now it's early March of 2020. Maybe you remember. Uh, maybe you remember what, you know, what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Maybe, but suddenly our next game session is coming up mid-March. And as it turns out, the world has locked down. And I don't say that as funny as all, we've all, we were all there, right? Suddenly. Your your game is now online. Your game is online. There's an actual pandemic. Yeah. And that's the point, right? Our pandemic goes from being a plot idea to becoming our day-to-day life. And Looking back from where we were, like looking from where we are today back, um, you know, we can kind of see like how much danger were we really in, that kind of thing. But if you remember what mid-March was like, and I remember pretty specifically things like being scared to go to the grocery store. Right. I was um, wiping down all my groceries when I got them in the door because we didn't 100%. know how it traveled by touch and stuff Correct. at that point. I was changing yeah. clothes. There was no vaccine. Yep. Right. Yep. No one knew what would happen if you got it. Right. Like it was pretty scary times. OK, that's our real life event. Our real life event is the pandemic has occurred and our game, the tone, the tonal element, right, the element in the game that is reflecting this real world event is that we were going to have our terrorists release a pandemic. Now, ideally, if all goes well in the story, our bad guys, were going to stop that before it happens. But what if they don't? Right. Yeah. yeah. OK, so we've now yeah. we've now reached this point where suddenly the pandemic was in our game, just this like thriller, you Theoretical. know, it yeah. was like. There are a dozen movies set on the same premise, right? But now there's a very realistic feel to it. Okay. What do we do? Yeah. I think so. I think the first thing that has to happen, and this is just, it's always kind of the first thing, you have to recognize that there is an issue or a potential issue, right? And if you're the GM, you're you might be the first person to notice this, especially if you're in a situation where like you knew that what they were trying to do was release a pandemic. Maybe your players don't even know that yet, right? Like you have all the information, your players don't have all the information. You may be the first one to notice, but that that's also not necessarily true. Like a player could notice it too, or you might all kind of, you know, hear the news and then be like, "Oh my gosh." And then the next thing that happens is a group conversation in Discord or whatever of like, "Uh, did you see this?" Like <laughs> Um, are we still playing? What are we doing? Yeah. So the first thing is recognizing that that potential issue with the game player story or the tone of your game now exists. 
Yeah. And you've actually just hinted on what the second step is, right? Yep. The second step is we got to check in with our group. Yep. So we now need to know if this tonal change, uh, we need to know if slash how people are being impacted by this, right? And the way we know that is we're going to have a conversation, right? Because communicate, surprise, communication is, <laughs> communication is the route to solving all problems in role yes. playing, right? Amazing. I can, and elsewhere. <laughs> I can make you a very easy thing where like detect problem, mm-hmm. discuss, discuss the problem, problem, create solution, right? No surprise. That is going to be the outline for this episode as well, but we're just going to talk about how do you talk about this, right? So, The thing we have to talk about is now that, like, going back to what Senda said, recognizing that this is an issue, we bring it up to the group. So maybe I, as the GM, uh, let's say you hadn't discovered at this point, right? I, as a GM, would be like, okay, guys, listen up. Um, I know, you know, we're in the middle of this campaign or whatever. I need to tell you something that is going to give away some of the plot of this, but I feel like I need to talk about it with you. The, you know, the terrorist cell was going to release a pandemic. And right now, in light of what is going on, I'm concerned that this might be a bit much for mm-hmm. us, right? Because let's let's be clear, there is a fraction of people who are gaming for heavy bleed, real hard feels and stuff like that. There is a there is another group. I'm not going to say whether it's larger or smaller. I personally think it's larger, but there are a lot of us who are playing for escapism. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's going to be some people who this pandemic thing um, might be totally fine with. Right. Like, in fact, there's even a smaller group that might even really be excited by the idea that their current actual day to day feel fear is a thing that they can carry into the game with them. Right. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with that. That's fine. You game how you want to game. Yeah. Just be careful. We could have a whole different conversation about therapy at the table. I don't know if we're uh, I don't even want to say therapy because let's like they may not even be working through any problems. They may literally just be like, oh, this is like actual emotional material I can carry in to play deeper and harder. Right. Without even excising anything sure. or whatever. I yeah, look, but like, okay. Yeah, I that's mean, a separate conversation. Tie that <laughs> off. Yep. My point is yes. most of us, many of us yes. are in I it agree. for escapism. Yeah, right. Agree. So I would come to you guys and say, listen, um, here's the problem. Here's the thing I'm running into is that this terrorist plot was to release a pandemic. And I'm kind of concerned now that like we're not in escapism territory anymore, right? We're like yes. in realism territory. Yes. Where's everybody's head regarding that? Yep. Right? Yeah. We can have that talk. Now, there's two levels to this talk, right? The first one is, is this a safety issue? Yes. Is whatever happened in the real world, has it created a safety issue within the game? That is first and foremost, right? Because safety trumps all, right? So safety first. The first question is, from a safety perspective, does anyone not feel safe if we engaged this topic? Yeah. We'll get to the next question. But first, we start with safety, right? Yes. Does anyone feel unsafe about this topic? Any answer can absolutely be yes, right? Somebody could be like, absolutely fucking X Carter right now. Yep. And that's it, right? We At that point, we know we'll no longer be engaging with this topic. Yep. And we can decide, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, we'll talk about how quickly are we going to get away from this topic? We'll get to that, right? Yeah. All right, so safety issues first. If Now, if everybody comes back and is like, mm, it's not really a safety issue, but I'm not digging the tone. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just I'm just not really interested in playing this topic right now. Correct. Now that's that's layer two, right? Layer one yeah. is somebody or all of us are unsafe. But if we pass through that layer through safety, right, this next one might be not interested. Yep. This will not provide me enjoyment. This does not generate spoons, happiness, whatever, right? Okay. Yeah. So this is the next level of, okay, cool. We need to get rid of this topic. But as we talk about in a few minutes, we have a couple options accessible to us um, that we won't have if it's a safety issue, right? So we have a couple more options. And and like I said, not to foreshadow, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, This opens up an avenue of a few things for us. Yeah, I think the important thing to keep in mind is what this conversation is informing you of is A, do we need to take it out of the game? And B, how fast? 
-hmm. right? So it's going to dictate which option you use for getting it out of your game because it's going to tell you how quickly or how drastically you need to immediately remove or if you can fade it, et cetera. So that's what we'll talk about when we get there. Yeah. All right. So last part of this, Um, as with other things, if one of you is not okay, all of you are not okay. Yeah, this is an all for one and one for all situation. This is now, this is not this is not oh you're outvoted. Right. At the safety <laughs> level, we've always said that, right? Like yeah. everybody knows at the safety level when we talk about these things, if one if it's not good for one person, it's not good for everybody. Yep. But also if we go down that next level to the like not interested, not enjoying this, like look folks, we're all here to have a good time at the table. Whatever your good time looks like, if if somebody says to you playing through this playing through this topic will not be fun for me even if it's fun for everyone else why would you want to deprive that person the person that's probably a friend of yours fun yeah and right? make them and make them sit through something right make them sit through like, something you know, that watching just not... paint dry or something you know yeah. or they just don't really feel like engaging in that topic or whatever it right. is it, it listen from all right, so from a purely empathetical point, right? Why would like don't do that, right? Don't yeah. make somebody uh, go go through that um, because they're you know not going to enjoy themselves. But also, if you needed any other, um, if you needed any other justification, that person is going to emotionally detach from the game. That is going to have issues with your group dynamic, your story mm-hmm. engagement, um, your, you know, overall fun at the table, all of that stuff. So yep. really just consider this a, if one of you is not okay, all of you is not okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Good. What do we do next? What's the third thing? We've we've hinted about it yeah. in, in this last step, but what's that third thing? Yeah, the third thing is based on the answers that you just got. Um you need to decide as a group, will you keep playing this game, right? Because if everybody was like, nope, this is a safety issue for me, you could just be like, nah, we're just not going to play this anymore. And that could be a temporary hold, like we just need to go do something else for a while. Or it could be like, no, we're just not interested in finishing this story anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do anything more than that. You can just have the conversation, say, awesome, let's just start session zero for something else next time, right? Now, having said that, Todd has asked us to assume that people do want to play, but not with that subject matter or that tone. So for the rest of this, we will be assuming that you chose to continue to play. So I can just give a um, quick sidebar to a situation similar to this, but it didn't have to do with real life, like real life impact. Sure. I had a very successful Tales from the Loop campaign, um, which was great. Had such a great time. And later, that same group, we got together to play... um, Things from the Flood, the mm-hmm. 90s one, right? Yeah. With our same characters, right? We advanced yeah. the characters Story. forward to make them teens, stuck them in the 90s, followed through um, the basic premise of the beginning of how Things from the Flood goes. And we actually played the introduction adventure, which has to do with this like death of a classmate thing. And within like two or three sessions, for a game that, again, we loved characters that we loved that we brought from a previous campaign, the tone of this game was so much darker and heavier than 80s kids running around playing with technology that uh, we wound up having a talk about it because it wasn't like we weren't enjoying the story and it wasn't like we weren't enjoying the characters. We were leaving the table drained, yeah, not energized, just yeah. because of the tone. Yep. And because of that, we actually had a discussion and we were like, you know what? Now is not the time to play this game. Maybe we all need to be in a different headspace where life is so good that if we play something that's a bit of a downer, it's okay. Yeah. But where we were playing something that was a bit of a downer was a downer. Yes. Right? So so (laughs) we just stopped playing the game. No fanfare, just packed up the game and we were like, cool, we're just maybe someday it's a shame. Like, it's a shame, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we'll never come back to it. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. I I just wanted to bring that up because that is literally what happened. It just wasn't because of a real life thing. It was just. um, Well, it kind of was because it was about, I mean, it was a little bit more roundabout real life thing, right? Because wasn't that mid pandemic? No. Because that wasn't. It was just life stuff. It was just life stuff. 
Yeah, but it was like, but if everyone is experiencing their own life stuff and the game stops being spoon giving because no one has the energy for that kind of intensity, that's still external stuff, right? Like, And the thing was, the game was very honest about it being a darker tone game. Yeah. And we were just playing it as, you know, as it was as written written and as intended. And it just, you know, it didn't at that point where we were, it wasn't doing anything for us in a positive way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, please, please resume because Todd, what did Todd ask us? Like, yeah. So Todd asked us to assume that the people still want to play. So that is where we are picking up from is that you didn't do what Phil and his group did, which said, you know, is like, you know, maybe this just isn't the game that we need to play right now and you've said no we're still really committed to playing this game but we need to make some changes right um we need to get away from the thing that is creating the discomfort or the you know lack of interest um and we need to move to something that is safe and comfortable and creates the opportunity to to gain spoons by playing instead of just being like blah yeah, we're in a, something enjoyable, right? Like, yeah, we want it to be fun. Yeah, should absolutely. be fun. This is a hobby. <laughs> it is a hobby, and and again, fun being a very and in this case, I think it's a because um, this you know fun is a term that always drives um, uh, Chris crazy. Yes. But in this case, I think we actually mean it as um, ambiguous as it is. What yes. your fun is Doesn't is matter. your fun. Yeah, you it's should, not that, but right, you the, should be getting that from playing the game, whatever yes. it is. Yeah, whatever yes. that, like, look, if if crying at the end of the game because your heart has been rended from your chest is fun, then we want you to have that at the end of yeah. your game. Yeah, then, and if your game isn't giving that to you, then it might not be fun for you, right? Like, correct. that's the, yes. And again, not to get into a whole topic of fun, but there are multifacets of fun and sometimes we can have fun in other ways, whatever, whatever. But we We, we we, all get the point. Somewhere back in our backlog, we talked about the eight types of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Is it eight? I think it's eight. (laughs) Isn't it eight GMing skills? It's always eight GMing skills amorphously. Eight things at once. Yes. All right. Anyway, let's talk about this. Um, You've decided to play the game. We got to we now have to fix the problem. Yes. This cool. is this is where we actually get to the part we were talking about earlier, where depending on your answers from talking to your group about interest and safety, we're basically going to list these choices. And maybe there's another one we didn't come up with. Sure, that's fine. But these are the ones we could come up with. Um, we're going to list them in order from the slowest transition to the fastest transitions. So this is where you will pick based on how quickly you need to, you know, extract that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. All right. So um, are we talking about techniques for getting away from this topic? Yes. Awesome. Let's do that. All right. So um, let's ping pong through these. Um, Sure. I'll do the first one. The first one is what we're going to just call the quick resolution, right? Mm -hmm. So this is going back to our pandemic storyline. I have said to the players, okay, look, this whole terrorist plot thing is about pandemic and... um, You know, everybody was like, nope, not a safety issue, but kind of blah, like, you know, we would like to just, you know, can we move on to a new mission arc and being like, cool, okay, instead of like the four sessions I had planned to get to the end of this mission arc, uh, I'm going to accelerate this, you know, along and I'm actually going to drop three of them. I'll do a little in media res, a little um, narration, and we'll just have, we'll play one more session. We'll, uh, you guys can defeat this terrorist group and boom, we're on to a new story arc with something that's, you know, not this topic, right? So the thing about this is what it allows us to do is actually play the game, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe that's something people are still interested in. They want to actually play out what happens. They just don't need it to be going on for a while, right? So we're just accelerating to getting to the end of this. We are still playing out the game um, and bringing it to a conclusion, which means that we're also dealing with the unknowns. Like, will everybody live through this mission? Will something, you know, else happen? Now, I will tell you that if... um, I will just tell you as a GM, I'm, I'm not going to release this pandemic, right? Oh, like yeah. this mission has to be a real fucking failure, which Before is probably beyond close, what yeah. the players can, what, what the players will manage yeah. for me, you know, to have to do something about it. Like 
Am I going to take every opportunity to release the pandemic? No. Mm-mm. Am I going to run through subways with the canister? Um, that kind of thing. Yes. If somebody misses a shot, am I going to roll to see if it hits the canister? No. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to mold this story because I, I need it to come to a quick resolution. But do I know how they're going to solve it? Do I know if everyone's going to survive it? Also, no. Right. Yeah. So that's the quick resolution, right? We're just shortening the timeline to get to the climax, get it over with, right? A quickie, so to speak. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to say it. But also, you did. <laughs> probably not going to cuddle too much afterwards, right? Yep, probably going to be like, oh, on. it's late. Got to get out. You got to oh, get up the next go. morning, right? Get out the door. <laughs> All right. No breakfast. Just, you know. Done. Thank you. And we're out of there. Okay. That's the quick resolution. Shortened timeline. Actually play through it. What's yeah. next one? Well, I was going to say, I think it's really important for that one, just really quickly, that you can do that as long as everyone, and again, this is back to the all for one and one for all part, as long as everyone really is okay with playing it through. Yeah. And you, you sh- you're going to talk about that. We'll, t- we'll yes. get to that in a few minutes, but you could bring up this as a possible solution. And again, if it's a safety issue, this one's not really open not, to you. Yeah. Don't do this. If this it's a safety the, thing, don't do this. This is the, <laughs> we just don't like the tone. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then going back to that, right. Going back to earlier, right. If everybody, everybody has to be okay with this. Yes. Okay. No pressure and no harm, no foul for saying that you're not. Right. You have to create an environment in which people can be honest about it. Anyway, that's a whole separate safety thing. Um, You could the next the next brief, briefer one, slightly briefer is to do a summary ending. Right. We can narrate the end of that story or that arc without actually playing it. And that might look like you, the GM, just narrating what happens. It might be you, the GM, narrating a bunch of stuff and then turning to your players and just asking them, like, what do you do in this situation? And then going from there and narrating it. Um, but you can probably narrate a, a summary ending a lot faster than you can actually play through an ending but you still get a conclusion, right? Like we don't want to play through this. We don't even want to think about if the bullet ricochets, does it, you know, hit the canister. We don't even want to think that you might be thinking it, right? Um, But let's just get to a conclusion so that we have a known end point that we can pick up and move on with something else. Yeah. 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 And what this lets us do is like, we're preserving continuity because we're saying like, yes, this actually happened. This is how it happened. But we're not having to actually play out everything. And because it's narration, we are ensuring we're closing it off in a very clean manner. Yeah. And I was going to say, we're removing the element of random, right? Exactly. We yep. know everybody's going to make it to the next adventure unless they specifically choose not to. And we know that the, we're going to get the best possible outcome because we're narrating it. And we're not relying on the dice to tell us and how any of this stuff is going to work. We know. We've yep. decided as a group that the end that we're playing towards is you defeat the terrorists, there will not be a pandemic, awesome, and then we'll move on, right? That's what narration gives us is very precise and predictable outcomes. (laughs) The other thing this does is, um, one, it's going to be shorter than actually playing a session, right? Because you could do this, you could do this like in an hour. Yep. Two, you don't have to do this during your game session. Yeah. This is the kind of thing you could just in Discord You could be like, cool, let's narrate out a summary ending. We'll all go around or let's all just chat about what we think will happen. Then one of us can write it up as a summary. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then then you don't even have to waste your in-person time if you don't want to. 100%, right? Just take that right offline and wrap it up. Mm -hmm. All right. Our number three suggestion is the retcon. Um, Retroactive continuity, I believe, is what that stands for. Yes, ma'am. I just want to jump in and say this to me is the point like we've now hit halfway of our options. These last two options are the ones to me that are reasonable if you have a safety issue at your table. The 100%. previous two are not. So I just want to call that out. This is like there's like a dotted line right here that says if there's a safety problem, use these. <laughs> Keep going. Sure. Okay. So the retcon is uh Retcon means we're just going to go into the story. We're going to make a change that happened somewhere in the past or present of the story to change out the problematic material and replace it with something that we all find more palatable. Right. So in the case of our example, the pandemic, we the players were, you know, tracking down this terrorist cell. They were going to release a plague, right, cause a pandemic kind of thing. Cool. We're not going to do that. 
instead, our terrorist cell is going to blow up a thing. They're mm-hmm. going to blow up a monument. They're going to blow up a stadium during the World Cup, something something devastating, mass casualty event. Again, that sounds terrible that somehow we're swapping mm-hmm. explosives for pandemics, but we're playing a spy thriller kind of thing. And so it is tonally correct. And, you know, we've checked in with our players and this is something that everybody was comfortable with. Cool. We're going to swap in. Um, we're going to swap that in and can just make that change and we all just believe that that's what how it's always been and mm-hmm. we move forward. Yeah, and that means as players accepting things like the clues that you previously received may warp a little bit, right? Like stuff may change a little bit and you have to play into and just commit to that, you know, cool, this is how it's always been, right? Yes. So anyway, yes, good. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say the last one. Or do you have more to say on this one? No, I think I'll get to saying a little bit more about retcons when we get a little further into the... Sure. So the last one is it never happened, right? You just, you take whatever part of that story you had played and you snip it out of the timeline, just completely remove it. And you pretend that it simply never even started, right? Have a timeline, just whoop, snip that out with your scissors um, call it good, move on. It's a little bit jarring in the mm-hmm. short term, right? Just because you whoop, snip something out and and you may have to make decisions like, do you get to keep any advancements that you, you know, achieved during this last thing that now didn't happen? Um, you have to remember maybe the state of a character emotionally or physically as they were before it happened, if there were massive changes that occurred, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like you, you have to fish back a little bit refine that start point, decide on that start point together, um, and then just jump right back in with something different. And it can be a little bit jarring for a little bit, right? There's going to be a short-term like hiccup and it's, but it'll smooth back out as you keep playing, right? Like the more sessions you get away from that momentary hiccup, the smoother everything feels again, right? So that's the last one. And that one I would say is probably the fastest. You know, zoop, gone. Nothing right. that will even feel vaguely related because there it just simply never happened. Jarring as hell. Jarring for <laughs> sure, right? Totally jarring. jarring. Um, it's going to require some buy-in, right? So that yes. like it, you, people need to buy in on that one because it is jarring as hell. Okay, cool. Great techniques. Um, if I do say so ourselves. Um, So let's talk about moving into a more comfortable topic, right? So we now have some ideas of how we're going to get away from our topic. We now need to figure out where we're going to, right? What, what, what is the end result of this? Um, So since one topic and one life event has created a tonal change in your game, it is probably worth doing a little work to find a topic that is comfortable for the group. And why I say this is, There is a situation, a younger, bolder, more arrogant version of me, so circa 1990, (laughs) would have looked at the pandemic situation, might have been, let's just assume I was aware enough to know that it was probably a bad idea to continue doing the pandemic thing. Sure. Without telling the players, I would have retconned the game to a new topic. Yeah. There is a very good chance I would have pulled it off, right? No problem. Yeah. But here's the thing. What if you what switch if to I something that don't. was just as bad? Yes. What if I just switch it to something equally bad? Yeah. Right? I don't know what it is by example, but what if I just was like, you know what I can do is I'm going to handle this pandemic thing myself and I'm just going to do a quick retcon, swap it out. I'm going to swap it for this. Now, there's two parts to this. What if I pick something terrible, right? That would be the first problem. Right. right? <laughs> also. Sometimes when you mess with retcons, you've screwed a little with your continuity. Yes. And so your players will pick up on the pieces of continuity that don't match up. And then you're kind of humming and humming and trying to feel like I'm um, like trying to figure out what happened. I've I've done this. It was totally a gem to begin with. I thought I said it was a gem. Did I not say it was a gem? I meant it was a gem. So you could do this by (laughs) yourself. But. I will tell you that you are just better off when you do this as a group, Mm -hmm. right? Just come to the table, talk about where you want to go tone wise, make sure there's no other current life events, right? Mm -hmm. That are like, you know, that also would be a bad place to land and find a place 
that would be good and yeah. go with that. Yeah. Something I'm a big will... fan of and just engaging your group for these things. Yeah. There's two things about that, right? The first one is that you as a GM are still a player and you don't have to carry the weight of the game yourself individually in an ivory tower somewhere isolated and locked in, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of a... um I know that it works for some games and it's totally fine if that's your jam. For me, I don't like doing it that way. Um, It's just not the style of jamming that works for me. And so um, because I like to be collaborative and social about my jamming. So to me, it is way more comfortable for me to just kind of source stuff from people. And then I know I don't have to guess. I don't have to have played with them for 10 years. I don't have to, you know, like all of this stuff. I don't have to sort of magically know things about them. I can just ask them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't remember what part two of that statement was. I know I said there were two parts. I don't. As soon as I said it, I was like, there are two parts, Senda? Really? I think there's only one. But let's just move on because I can't come up with a part two. (laughs) That is perfectly fine. Okay. (laughs) All right. So after having figured out where you want to go, group, and again, we're recommending the group source for it again. You don't necessarily have to do it, but I think it winds up producing better material. Um, Also, you know, anytime that you combine people's ideas, you sometimes most often come up with a product that's actually even better than what you would have thought yourself. Yes, it's really good. And metagaming is not the enemy. You just, lots of people use it badly. It's interesting. I have a partial article for Gnome Stew written on that. We could have a whole episode talking about it too. We really could. We talked about it in our last chit chat. That's sort of where Uh, I've been noodling. I've been noodling on it ever since then. Anyway. Might um, I, might I continue? Yes. Okay. No problem. Good. All right. So having done all that, this is also a good time. A very good time to review and revise your safety tools. Yes. And what we mean by that is like, this might be a very good time to update lines and veils. Yeah. Certainly okay. there's a there's a topic you've just had to eliminate from the game. So for one or more people, something has just added itself to either lines or veils. That's why you're taking this action. And it's a good time to talk about which one that falls into. Yes. Right. Is it a line or is it a veil? You know, how much are we going to deal with or not deal with this? Yep. And also the discussion around what has happened might also. There uh, might be more. Yeah, they might bring up other things for people too, or like, oh, now that we're thinking about it, like this thing sucks. This thing sucks. Cool. Good. Perfect time to update your lines and veils. Right. Very good. Good. Um, All right. The next part of this, right, we touched on before is um, as you're brainstorming with your group, you've kind of figured out where you're going. You've updated your safety tools. Uh, You can now talk about, you can talk about, you can, let me back up and say that. You can talk about which getaway technique you're going to use, getting away technique you're going to use, right, from the above. Um, Or the GM can pick one. But again, this is one of those cases where I don't think it, like, it doesn't hurt to just ask everybody. It really doesn't hurt. And it means if you ask them that you've got their buy-in, which you honestly need for any of these, right? Correct. Because there's going to be weird stuff or it's going to feel really compressed or it's going to be, you know, or we're pretending it never happened, right? Like you, you have to have buy-in from your players to actually successfully achieve any of those. And it will be easier if you just say to them, hey, um, I think maybe we should do it this way. What do you guys think? Or do you like it better like this or whatever it is, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I could, I'm thinking like, why don't we just do a summary ending versus a retcon? Let me just like, let's let's wrap yeah. this thing up and let's keep moving kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like a retcon's going to be a bunch of work, whatever, whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah. Have that discussion. Again, do you need to? You don't need to. But in our opinion... This is one of those things that's just better if everybody's on board. Yeah. And, okay, and, cool. and that's because, leading into the next point, yeah. as players, you want to make it easy for the GM and your characters um, to get from your old subject matter slash tone slash topic to the place that you're trying to get to, the new tone slash subject matter topic, whatever it is, right? Um, so... If your players are on board with how you are doing that, um, they can lean in on that and help you. And when you all work together as a table to make that happen, you can um, mitigate a lot of the story campaign like disruption stuff that is inevitably going to happen when you do a major a major shift like this, right? Yeah, like for instance, if you pick 
retcon and the GM mm-hmm. goes and takes some time and does the retcon. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the game, and I'm speaking to you now, players, yes. and you suddenly realize that there's like a little continuity error. Mm-hmm. You know what's great? Don't bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. If you know that it's a retcon and you are all on board for the retcon, you can either not bring it up or you can say, I just want to check real quick. This is so we're retconning that part, that this thing that I'm remembering, right? If you need to make sure. Um, but like, yeah, just keep going with it. But if your GM didn't tell you that they were retconning um, stuff, then you're probably going to be like, but that's not how it was before. The hint that you gave us X, Y, Z, right? And then as the GM, you're going to scramble um, to try and make something up that makes sense. I've done that before. Um, and it's going to be difficult to come up with something that makes sense. Especially if your brain is made out of Swiss cheese like mine and you don't remember what you said before to know that you have to retcon it into something else. Anyway, it's it's easier if you're working with everybody and then they can just let that stuff go, right? Yeah, exactly. Like just make it work. Like it players work. help your GM make it help work. We're all, we're all in this difficult situation together. We'd yep. all like to get out of this difficult situation. So everybody do your part to get the bus moving. Yep. Right. Whatever cool. it looks like. Yep. All right. After all of that has happened um, and you've resumed your game as a GM, I will tell you it is probably good to have a check in or two just to make sure that everything is kind of smoothed out and we're back running up. And when I yep. mean by check in, like at the end of a game or between games, like, hey, we made all those changes. Everybody comfortable with where we are? Like, did the you know, story unfold the way, you know, we're happy with whatever that kind of thing is uh, safe. Safety wise, are we still on track? All of Mm -hmm. those things, right? Did we learn anything in the last couple sessions that we need to update, tighten up, change, whatever? And then after that, you can just kind of go back to your normal operations. Yep. Cool. I wanted to, before we close out the... um, the episode. I was going to mention a couple games and this is not to, to dunk on any game. Let me be oh, very clear. My yeah, job here is not. not to dunk on any game, but I, I, I thought I would give four examples of when things have happened in the world that have made me reconsider certain games, like yeah. games that I was either interested in previously or games that I was thinking about playing in the near future that as things happened, I was like, mm, no. At least one that you were like already at session in session zero. zero. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the first example. <laughs> yeah. Um, Headspace. Yeah. Right. I, which to be clear, a game that I love. <laughs> it's a fucking banger. Don't get I me wrong. It. I yeah. also love I also love that game, right? Yeah. But that March 2000 example is actually based on the session zero for my headspace. For 2020, yeah. We were between games. In fact, we were just coming off of Tales from the Flood. Mm-hmm. And we, things from the flood? Wait, yes. Things from the flood. Things yeah. from the flood. We were just, we had shut down things from the flood. We were looking for another game to play and we were like, cool, let's play Headspace. Now in Headspace, there are a couple different play sets. And the, the one that we picked was Vancouver, which Vancouver is in the middle of a pandemic. A really gnarly one, yeah. And we had already made characters and had done um, all the things like how did the pandemic affect you? You know, like we answered all those questions and kind of built the background of our group, lost a member who got trapped in the city during the pandemic. I can't remember if they got killed or they died from the pandemic, whatever. Yeah. And then pandemic. March 2020. <laughs> right. So we just simply were like, Never we mind. can't play this game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Has nothing to do with headspace, had everything to do with where we were for it. And we were already partially in and we just shut it down. Yeah, I will say if you're looking for a headspace and you are like, but not pandemic, there's a really cool undersea um, setting from Emily Care Boss that's all about the whales. Oh, um, yeah. Which is there's a like bunch of them. Super cool. I know that's the one that just stands out to me. I, sure. I might have written the foreword for the setting book. I believe you did. <laughs> Good to note. But yes, you did. Um, that that. That being the case, we just shut that game down and went and played something else. Yeah. Uh, in fact, actually, sense. we floundered for a few sessions before we uh, settled out on something decent. All right. Anyway, that was Headspace. The next one is a game that um, also was somewhat pandemic um, related for me. So uh, I used to be a big fan. Uh, if you listen to Misdirected Mark, if you've read any of my past articles on Gnome Stew, I used to be a fan of a game called Corporation. Yeah. Now, in the game Corporation, it is a little twist on it's like a post cyberpunk sci fi game where uh, you are not the punks raging against the corporations. You are 
in fact, the term for characters in that game are agents. Mm-hmm. You are agents of the corporations carrying out their corporate plans. Yeah. In really... Um, in a real <laughs> fucking dystopia, yeah. right? But again, it's a dystopian <laughs> yeah. sci-fi game. Yeah, yeah. In a real fucking dystopia, you are agents of the corporation. Now, yeah. I had a lot of fun playing this game in the past. And that is in part um, based on um, a decent amount of ignorance, privilege, a number of other things. Um, but then like the pandemic happened and the world shut down and my view about corporations became much more radicalized. Mm-hmm. Same as my view about capitalism became much more radicalized. Yes. Um, and so today, like I can't, I won't run this game. Like I, I can't play a game where I am facilitating uh, corporations doing terrible things to people. Yeah. Right. Even if they're doing terrible things to each other, they're advancing their like, trust me when I tell you, because I played this setting for a while. Yes. There's no good corporation. No. Even the one that is the quote good corporation is not the good corporation because there are no good corporations. And this game is like basically about propagating capitalism and in some cases, um, colonialism. And I just at this point in my life, am like, no, Mm -hmm. I cannot play this game. Right. For the same reason that as a game designer, you will never be able to play the water authority in yes. Hydro Hackers. In Hydro right? Hackers, you do not play the water authority. You yeah. will never That's play. The There's point. only one character that I've ever, one playbook I've ever thought of allowing, which is the traitor. Yeah. Which could, is just a person who is betraying be cool. the water authority yeah. and will eventually get killed for it. Yeah. yeah. They will get murdered. Yes. They will get murdered. Like you play mm-hmm. that playbook knowing you will die. Okay. Anyway, like the, that's kind of cool though, because the you put an end point on there. Oh yeah, yeah. Of they, just oh, like at when some you point, reach this like this advancement, point, you run out of advancements. Okay, they've they're it, they're on to you. It may not even be advancements. <laughs> you may just at some point have to retire that character, right? Like you have to go yeah. underground, run away, whatever. Right, anyway, all right. Moving so corporation right is off the table because I just like I I can't I can't forward like I can't play that um, game. Yeah. The next one is a game called uh, Sigmata. Uh, the signal kills fascists. This was a game that I was super interested in. I never got it to the table, but it's an alternate 1980s uh, where people are fighting against this um, Christo fascist regime in the U.S. Um, by using superpowers that are that they gain through the broadcast of these like special radio waves or something. Really interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. Idea. Pretty cool. I started yeah. reading the book and read some of the fiction in it and stuff. Um, and today based on where our current political climate is, I would be super uncomfortable. I don't think I, I, I said this to you in during pre-show, yep. I could not play a game where I, as the GM, have to be the Christo-fascist state. You like, have to embody a bunch of things that you really do not want to live in the mindset of. Yeah. And it's too close, right? Yes. Like it's too close to like uh, just a few states away. Right. Kind of like the beginnings, just a few states away kind of thing. So that's a game that, again, nothing wrong with the game at all. Nothing wrong with the setting at all. In fact, the setting is correct. You go and beat up fascists. But as the GM, I have the burden of having to be the fascists. Right. The players have the fabulous job of punching fascists. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with the game. That's awesome. But yes, as the GM. Yes. You have to create and play fascists to be beaten up. Right. And that, it, that's and not I, a headspace I would want to live in either. No, and I, and I would have to play them well, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm dedicated to the genre, right? Like yeah. whatever the genre is. Okay, the last one is a game that I actually will get back to the table. But at one point I was like looking for new games to play, which is um, this game is Twilight 2000, um, also made by Free League. This is the new version. I had backed the Kickstarter. I got it. The time that I was about ready to consider putting this in my short list for games to play is when the war in Ukraine started. Yeah. Oof. And this is a yeah. game about a land war in Poland right next door. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, I got to take it out of the list. Like, it's yep. just too close to what's actually going on that there's actual real suffering in that exact space. And this would be a game that would be mimicking that exact space, um, like right next door, but ex- like the same kind of thing. And I just was like, mm, no, nope. nope. I-, I put it back up on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure that someday I will run it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm okay with that. It can just wait. Like there'll be a time when the world is maybe a little better place where I will feel more comfortable running that. Also, when and when I say that I was considering this right at the beginning of the war was like right when we were like, oh, no, the Russians are going to like completely conquer, you know, Ukraine, um, Ukraine. as it turned out. No, they didn't. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so now I like I don't think I would run it right now, but I'm like more comfortable because uh the Russians like are losing like yeah. by a lot. And so now it seems less um, scary real because like now it's like, if I mean, anything, I got to like dumb down the stats on the Russians because it's, it's still it's, pretty, it's still pretty real. But. No, it's real enough. Right. So it, it like at some point, maybe I'll get that to the table. I would like to, um, I think the remake of it looks really interesting compared to what was a very difficult game when I was a kid when I was obsessed with ideas of land wars and nuclear exchanges and things like that, because I was wow. an 80s child. Wow. I was an 80s child. And again, I find safety and knowledge, right? So like I wanted to learn up. Um, so you're oh, like, I need, a, I need to know how I will, how I will act and strategize when the land war takes me. I, Is that what we uh, were planning yes, for? Yes. Okay. Like that's why the movie Red Dawn was like one of my favorite movies oh, as a boy. kid, because it was like a blueprint for what you would do if the Russians invaded. Again, I was a kid, but <laughs> my trauma, like let's, 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 let's be honest here, right? My trauma um, manifests itself as the, like I always assume something bad will happen. I can just prepare for bad, right? You're just mitigating. I can mitigate bad. This is when I say that I monetized my trauma and anxieties for my career, right? This Mm -hmm. is what I do on a small scale, right? I worry about other people's shit for money. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, right, like th- we should wrap this up because we can get that to the we can get that into the lounge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to bring up a couple of examples because I wanted to just highlight that this topic that Todd was talking about is 100% real. Real life shit will affect your feelings about certain games, games that you played, games you may be considering playing, games you are playing, right? Yes. All of those things can be affected by real life. And what was cool once or cool right now may not be the next day, the next news cycle, um, the next phone call that you get in your life. And the topic that we've talked about today is what do you do when that happens and you're not going to jettison the game? Yes. Jettisoning the game is perfectly acceptable. It is a perfectly acceptable But if you're just not going to do that, yeah. Yep. we hopefully have imparted you some tips on what to do to like move your game along. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Cool. Tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network and we'll jump into the closing. Sure. Well, on Thacko with Advantage, Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D specifically. Together, they share insights into the games they're running in the campaign journal and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game and in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so they might as well record it and then you can listen to it, which probably makes it even better. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you will never use. And they're fun to record with on the Gnomecast too. So like, I mean, they yes, they got it. 100%. Okay, yeah. cool. Say, send up, where do people find us on the internet? Well, I was going to say, if anyone has blue sky codes, like you could just send those on over to Hook us. Hook us up, bro. Right? Like, if you have some, like, invite, you have some blue be, sky invites, send it. I would great. love to be there. I'm just putting that out to the universe kind of in general, but nice you job. just let me know. Um, but for the moment, you can- We would like to be on blue sky, <laughs> we would right? like to be on blue sky. Where can you find us on social media? Not there yet. Um, however- can still find us on Twitter if we fit into your 600 tweet rate limited feed for the day. Um, You can find us on TikTok. You can find us either under our personal handles or under the handle Pandas Talk Games because we now exist there as an actual podcast. Um, Don't ask me about threads. I don't know how I feel about it. We're not there yet. Uh, Gosh, what else? Uh, You know what? This is a mess. Talk about it later. I won't touch threads. I'll tell you why later. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about it in in the after show. And um. But you can always find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can always drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can uh, hit us up on the Slack Room for Life if you are one of our patrons. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, there's 
Oh yeah, we're on Mastodon too. I forgot about Mastodon. I was missing something. Um, we are on Dice.Camp on Mastodon at Idella Mifflin and at DNA Phil. Um, but anyway, once you find us in one of those places, which is getting like more and more complicated every time I say it, <laughs> uh, you can uh, do the thing that Phil is about to tell you. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, and what that thing is, is just what Todd did for us uh, today, which was uh, send us a question, a situation, an example, a topic, whatever it is, the thing that you would like to hear us give some input about, be it our actual experience, um, our many years of uh, playing and game mastering, um, or just, you know, the fact that we do a lot of GM advice and we think about things in certain ways, like all of that experience and talent is at your disposal. So just send in a topic and we'll go to work for you. Our goal is what it has always been, which is to help you play more better games. So hopefully all of our combined advice and stuff will do that. And uh, in doing that, the quick formula is the more fun you are having playing, the more you will play, the more games you will play, the more games you will play with people, the longer you will stay in the hobby and receive all the benefits for being in the hobby. We've done, it's been true for us. We want it to be true for you. So that is what we are here for. If you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP patrons get access to the slack room for life with our friday lunches look there's a topic every lunch but i'm going to tell you a secret folks sometimes we get to the topic sometimes we don't mm -hmm. um we are um the truth of the matter is there are a number of close friends in that uh in that group uh which you we would welcome you to be one of our close friends by being in that group but sometimes we talk about life stuff and then sometimes we talk about game stuff depends uh if somebody shows up to the friday talk i try to make a stand topic but if it's the regulars i don't really enforce it um just so that you know that anyway access to slack is one of those things uh, at the at the other tiers there are additional areas the of things you can get into you can get into some of the recordings from like children of the shroud where we have like the behind the screen stuff uh we have like some of the materials from children of the shroud like you can see all that stuff and at higher tiers we have access to our development area where games that are in development are posted for your review and such senda what do you got yeah, and you, you don't can, normally interrupt me in the I middle know, of my spiel. I know I don't normally interrupt you in the middle of your spiel, but we've changed some stuff. You can also access the old archived back episodes of Misdirected Mark that are no longer on the site. And that's not a small amount, folks. It is like 400 a episodes. Ton, like a metric fuck ton of episodes. <laughs> we have we have run into some storage issues. We have left up the most most recent 100 episodes and moved the rest of the archives. So yeah, if you want access lot. to those old ones, that is also how you get access to that entire archive of old podcasts. And soon it won't even just be the misdirected Mark ones. We're going to do a lot of cleanup work there. Indeed. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, do all that stuff. Um, if you want to support our Patreon campaign, please do. Um, if you're unable to support our Patreon campaign, we totally understand there's a thing you can do. Senda's going to tell you about it. Uh, uses a little bit of your precious time, but helps us immensely. And as we said before, we know some of you are a direct result of it. So pay it forward. Yeah, for sure. Please. You can you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get actually helps people find the show. It's pretty great. I, I get an email um, that shows me it going up and down in various countries based on downloads, listens, and reviews, like ratings. Um, so that's pretty cool. But, you know, please feel free to leave it anywhere that you catch your podcasts. Um, depending on the algorithm, it'll help them out. But also, you could just tell a friend or tell a stranger if it seems like the kind of thing that they would be into on the social media of your choice. Because... Wow. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't even know. I don't know how to do that part anymore. All right, moving along. Say Senda. Um, what should we do about that weirdly uncomfortable topic that we need to address in uh, our upcoming game? I don't know. I'm just making it up. Yeah, it was like, I don't know which topic is it. <laughs> there isn't any. There isn't one. We're making it up. Pretend question. Pretend yeah, question. Pretend question. Make up okay. pretend This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs.
Clicky it is. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hello, Ryan, my old my friend. friend. <laughs> We've come to record for you again. again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't come up with any more words. Outtakes. Outtakes no. for you. <laughs> Thank you for editing this nonsense. <laughs> We Again, like it. We're making <laughs> another podcast. <laughs> oh no, we don't even we have, have the same lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah, there we go. I am not a professional musical improviser. That is the realm of no. Uh, uh, don't what? Oh shoot! I, what's the podcast? The yeah, improvised yeah. musical show. Damn, they're really good. I barely know the lyrics to songs, so um, <laughs> Ryan, you're free, feel free. I'll just give you permission. You can do whatever you want with that yeah, little audio. Y'all clip. should watch play it by ear, though. They're like good at it. Yeah, no, we're bad. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Bloop. We are on a slight timetable only because are, in one hour I have to go turn on my oven to start baking bread. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we and I cannot be 100 percent sure that my phone isn't going to chime when the alarm goes <laughs> off. So we just we're all going to just live with that. That unknown. There is an impetus to get to the lounge. <laughs> OK, before we got to go. <laughs> this timer runs out. We got to start. We got to we got to start. We got to go. All right, go, go. Ready? Yes. Bloop. All right, let's do our let's do our setup for Ryan. Oh yeah, let's do our setup for Ryan. I'm not editing this. We gotta be nice. Bloop. Bloop. Okay, if you like what we do here elsewhere in the Misdirected Mark Network, damn it. Oh man, I was like, we're so close. Ran out of time. Hang on. What is it? Fifty-eight twenty-four. I'll just start it over. Yeah, okay. Bloop. If you like what we do here on the Misdirected Mark Network. Or uh, on any of the other... No, fuck it. Start over. <laughs> Bloop. Show me what you got. 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 I was like, no, I, I, I abstain from creating an answer.